Small business news, advice, and education. This is Startup BizCast. Hello and welcome everyone. This is Startup BizCast number 81. I'm your host, Steve Mullen, president of Endgame Public Relations. Startup BizCast is produced by Endgame PR, a social media PR firm based in Richmond, Virginia. To learn more about the firm and its corporate podcast production service, please visit endgamepr.com. That's E-N-D-G-A-M-E-P-R.com. You know, it's not the biggest problem that small business owners are facing in this down economy, and it might not be one you think about, but believe it or not, hiring new employees has become more complicated in the last few months. It's not a bad problem to have, but during a strong economy, you hire the best person you can find for the job. During a weak economy, you do the same thing, but you have a lot more choices with so many people out of work. The problem is, how do you sift through the hundreds of resumes you receive to find the best fit? Joining us this week is Brad Smart from Top Grading, a firm that helps businesses learn how to find top performers. My interview with Brad is a bit longer than usual, but be sure to stick around till the end because Brad has an offer of a free ebook with more advice. Brad, thanks for joining us this week on Startup BizCast. Glad to be with you, Steve. Now, before we get to the interview, tell us about yourself and about Top Grading. <laughs> okay. Uh, I'm laughing because it's not going to sound very modest, but uh, I have the all-time best-selling book on, on hiring and, and getting the best talent in organizations. And uh, I'll be in Houston in a couple of days and introduced to 300 small business owners as the world's foremost expert on hiring. And I don't know if that's true, but the, the top grading methods for hiring have been documented to truly truly be the best. I've, you know, I've taught some of the most famous executives like Jack Welch and Larry Bossidy, who have been friends, by the way, for, for 20 years. We we continue to work together consulting with firms. I taught them how to more than triple their hiring success. And, uh, you know, big companies uh, pay the bills and, and want them certainly to hire better. But, uh, frankly, small businesses need top grading methods even more because the cost of mishiring people are much greater to a small business than they are to a, a mega business. I imagine that's true. Now, my premise for this episode is that it's actually – uh, a lot more work to hire someone in this economic environment, mainly because you put an ad out for an open position and you're flooded with hundreds of applications from all the people who have been laid off from their jobs. Is that a reasonable premise? Yeah, but that, I mean, <laughs> that's, a, that's a reasonable pre- premise, but that's a, uh, that's a wonderful opportunity. I mean, last September 1st, a lot of companies, small and large, were scrounging to get the, the real high performers in. You know, they'd, they'd hire search firms and pay recruiters and run ads and get very few resumes. Now, if you're getting flooded by resumes, that's good. It's good. I can give you some advice on how to sort through those, but it's a tremendous opportunity now for small business people to, if they can possibly afford it, maybe nudge out a couple, one or two low performers, replace them with people who are 10 times better at exactly the same salary today. So just as, you know, Every investment person says, buy low, sell high. As a, as a top-grading consultant and, and speaker for 30 years, I've said, boy, now that we have a down economy, this is a terrific time to pick up more talent than you could have gotten, in this case, even just a few months ago. So you do put the ad out. You get 100, 200, 300 resumes in. How do you sift through those resumes to get at least some, some people that you could interview? Yes, uh, in this segment, I'm going to, you and I have talked about it previously, I'll give three or four intuitively obvious kind of suggestions uh, that can really help people hire better. And then 
then there's an offer of a free book at the end of this. But the, to sort through it, first of all, let's go back to the recruitment. That small business owner or manager in a small business can really do the best job of recruiting the same way 26 billionaires we've interviewed do it. <laughs> you say, whoa, what's that? It's not, was, it's not running ads and it's not hiring recruiters. It's keeping records on every high performer who's ever worked for you or with you. Maybe you were, you were in a larger company 10 years ago. Stay in touch with those really high performers so that when you might have a job opening, you can go to people you already know are terrific people. Uh, but if you do have to run ads, I don't want to use this to sell stuff, this, uh, this segment, but we have a career history form that a lot of companies, when they get hundreds of ads in, and that's what's happening today, they just email the top-grading career history form to people. And this asks for all the information that resumes don't provide. All your listeners know that resumes are deceptive and incomplete. So this form says, number one, in order to get a job offer, you're going to have to arrange eventually have to arrange for personal reference calls with bosses. Bingo. That gets them to be honest. And this form asks for full compensation history, boss ratings, and, and you get honest boss ratings because the people know they're going to have to arrange for you to talk with those bosses, real reasons for leaving, likes and dislikes and jobs, strengths and weaker points. It's fantastic. So you run an ad, you get 500 resumes. A week later, you only get about 150 resumes back with the career history form. But you can sort through those and in one hour narrow it down to maybe five or six really good people you want to talk to on the phone and then bring them in and eventually do the famous top-grading interview with them. But we can get to that in a minute. Well, now it sounds like I guess it's a lot more work for the applicant, but yes. unfortunately, in, you know, in this kind of economy, you know, the people who really want the jobs they'll they'll be willing to do it. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Now, in a in a booming economy, if you're keeping in touch with a really terrific A player, you hope to hire one of these days. You're having a breakfast or a lunch once every six months. Then you would not ask them to complete an application form or the top grading career history form. But in this market. Sure. You just email them the form, they email it back, and then you can sort the wheat from the, the chaff so easily because, you know, I've never seen a resume that didn't look like an A-player resume, but the trouble is, you know, most of, the, most of them are bunk, and you can't tell who the really good people are, but the career history form really does that. Well, that makes sense. Now, what about once you've sifted through your, you know, you've gone from 500 down to 150, like you said, you've gone through those 150, you've found the ones that uh, that really look like the best. What about the job interview? What are some good tips for job interviews? Yeah, the uh, w- where I've made my name is in creating what I can explain really in just, <laughs> in just a minute. It's a little more complex than that, but essentially how Global 100 companies and thousands and thousands of smaller companies hire these days. Their main interview approach is to ask people competency-based questions. They analyze the job. They come up with a half a dozen competencies. And then they ask the candidates, can you give me an example of different competencies? When you were very well organized, when you were a terrific salesman, when you were an effective team player, blah, blah, blah. But trouble is, anyone can fake those. That's why... Research over 30 years has shown only about 25% of people hired by small businesses or mega corporations turn out to be high performers. But top graders achieve up to 90% percent 
success. The GEs and Honeywells and Barclays, there are a lot of leading companies, have achieved 90% hiring success, and here's how they do it. Here's a simple answer. It's a chronological interview. And I'm going to pretend, Steve, that you're my interviewee. Steve, thanks for... Thanks for, uh, for coming over today. As you know, we're going to be spending the afternoon or morning, whatever. And I'll be going through your background in probably more detail than any interview you've ever had. <laughs> Much more detail like... than I'm comfortable with. <laughs> okay. All right. Good. <laughs> I'd like you to start with your four, first full-time job. And I see some information about this in your resume in the career history form. And then come forward to your present job, and then we'll have some questions about your plan and the goals for the future. We'll talk more about the job we have opening. And you can grill me, but it, frankly, it's going to take a couple hours to go through. And here's what I'd like to know. Starting with your full, first full-time job, what are your major successes and how do you achieve them? What were your failures and mistakes? And keep in mind, be honest about that, because... If we go forward, I'm going to be asking you to arrange for personal reference calls with bosses going back at least a decade, you know, and any key decisions, key relationships, and and don't leave that job before telling me what you think a boss would say were your strengths, weaker points, and overall performance. Now, that's, okay, that's it. Uh, that's the shorthand for the famous top grading interview. It's an in-depth chronological interview. And it, essentially, it's think of uh, sports. It, it's like a video of a baseball player, football player, basketball player's total career, as opposed to just the highlights they're submitting. You know, to try to become the uh, the Heisman uh, Trophy winner, instead of just the highlights picked by the interviewee, which is taking place five hundred thousand times today. You get the full story. You get every success, every failure, every key relationship, every key decision. And then, if you want to go forward and, and the candidate wants to go forward, you tell the candidate which bosses you'd like to talk with, most of them in the past decade, and maybe some peers or subordinates or customers and so forth. And that is, that is the formula for success. Any listener just does that. I promise you, 2009, you'll, you'll have at least a 50% better record hiring people. Now, I'm interested. You've mentioned a couple of times the the idea of having uh, the applicant arrange for uh, their their bosses to get on the phone with, with you. Yep. Um, I've always thought providing personal references, uh, having the applicant provide personal references, is a huge waste of time. Nobody ever checks them, mainly because they're not going to give you someone who's going to say something bad. Yeah. Um, so that's <laughs> exactly. And if they do, then they shouldn't be hired in the first place. But um, uh, so this is this is novel. Then so you're having them. Uh, put you on the phone with the boss. Now, I guess, you know, there's always the chance of a person having one job where they just didn't get along with the boss. Is that... Oh, yeah. Yeah, and, you know, if you're... You know, we were talking about if I'm interviewing Steve Mullen, you've had a 15-year career. Yeah, probably if you've had half a dozen bosses, one was a total turkey. Another one was probably dishonest. But still, you want to talk with those people. But frankly, about 25 years ago, when I hit on this, it was not my creative idea. Steve, I was interviewing a guy, and I, I asked all those chronological questions. He said one of his major successes was to create an A-team of almost all A-players. How did you do it? And when he told me this method of reference checking, I, I crunched up my nose and said, you know, I, you know, I hear you, and I, I, I believe you, but, but I, I, I kind of think this wouldn't work because most companies prohibit their managers from taking reference calls. So how can this work? And he laughed, and he said, it just does work. 
for A players. It works for high performers. They, they can get their former bosses to talk, and they want you to talk to their former bosses who are going to sing their praises, but whoa, the C players, the chronic underperformers, they, when they hear that's a requirement, they shudder because they know they can't get their former bosses to talk. Those former bosses will say, oh, it's against company policy, and they don't want you to talk to their former bosses who are going to talk about their mistakes and failures and lousy performance. So just that one little technique, I started passing on to, to business uh, leaders, and in no time they were getting back to me and saying, you know, Brad, I didn't think this would work, but it really does. Now, flash forward 25 or 30 years, and this is a standard practice embraced by every top-grading company, and uh, it really does work. So that little hint alone is going to really help your, your listeners to sort the wheat from the chaff and only talk to the really sharp people. Now, how do you get around the company policies at, at some corporations where I, I know the managers, if they take a reference call, they're only allowed to talk about whether the person showed up on time? Yes, or what they really do is they just refer the person to uh, human resources who will confirm dates and so forth. It, it uh, Blame the attorneys because companies appropriately have those policies. But here's the deal. That, that manager who ignores the company policy is taking a risk because – if he or she says something very negative about the candidate, and the candidate doesn't get a job, then you know they're going to find an attorney and sue for libel, slander, or something like that. But that doesn't happen with A players. The former bosses would sing their praise. They're, they're, they want to hire that individual back. And sure, they might uh, be a little bit more complimentary, but that's good news. They're not taking a risk. And here's, here's one very important fact. In all these years, Probably uh, three or four hundred thousand reference checks have been done this way, and there are now thirty top grading professionals. We have not even heard of one problem. Not one company has been sued. Not one individual has been sued, and it's because the managers of A players don't figure they're taking any risk, Steve. If, you know, they're, and they're not going to say much that's very critical about that that A player who worked for them anyway. So. Now, keep in mind what my language was. Uh, in order to get a job offer, eventually we'll ask you to arrange a personal reference calls with bosses. So if we're going to go ahead with the job offer, we, what we do is you just tell candidates, we, I, I would like you to arrange for a personal, make sure it's personal, not business, personal reference call with these individuals. And so the candidate calls the former bosses and says, hey, I'm supposed to arrange a personal interview with you. And those former bosses say, well, because it's personal and not business, I can take the call. Ha, ha, ha. They would have taken it anyway. So it's a non-issue. It just seems to work. And because it, because it works, I would encourage you to. And by the way, you think large companies wouldn't want to be seen as hypocrites because they don't permit their managers to give out the information, but hey, we're in a society with too darn many lawyers, and so all these client companies, if you go to smarttopgrading.com and you look at all of our list of clients, Microsoft, uh, General Electric, Honeywell, uh, Barclays for International, they all have the same process. When they reference check people, they ask the candidate to arrange it, and the candidate does. And, yeah, are they being hypocritical? Because they don't officially permit their managers to take those reference calls, but you know what? Wink, wink. Managers in all those companies do take reference calls when their former A players ask them to do it. So somehow 
<laughs> it works. It all it all works out in the end. Now you've you've done the the handful of interviews. You've you've checked the references. Uh, I know a lot of times you know one candidate will just jump out like a sore thumb, but in the cases where one doesn't, what's what's a good way to pick someone? The beauty of the top grading interview, Steve, is that you get insight not just into maybe three or four key competencies, but literally fifty if it's a manager. 50, that's five zero competencies. And anyone listening will say, oh my gosh, I can do this long interview and keep 50 competencies in mind. It's easy. It's easy. Every time we run workshops, this will happen in Houston this week, ask people, do you think you can do it? No one thinks they can do it. Then we practice it, and then they know they can do it. So that deep insight provides the patterns to see how the person would actually work for you. And the thing is, a lot of times in the first half hour of the interview, a mediocre candidate, or excuse me, a candidate might appear to be mediocre, but they get better and better and better. And then by the end of the top grading interview, you want to do the reference checks, you confirm it. My advice to your listeners is don't trust your gut feel initially. Do not do that. There's all sorts of research to show that that gut feel in the first 10, 15 minutes of an interview is too often wrong. It's only right about 25% of the time. So if someone looks looks good with their career history form, okay, and they maybe they've come highly recommended to you, let the discipline of the top grading interview carry you. So go ahead and ask all those questions, do the reference checks, and then after that, then there's no question. And a lot of times, because I've been involved in thousands of these, I've personally conducted 6,500 of these in-depth chronological interviews, and I've talked to my clients about them, hear it all the time. You know, we had three finalist candidates, and now that we have the full information, we've done our top grading interviews, you, Brad, have provided a second opinion, and the person we ranked third now emerges as clearly the, the, the solid A player we want to hire, and the person who initially made the best impression, smooth, uh, friendly, outgoing, personable, engaging, but when we reviewed their career, they did not have the track record of achieving results that the other candidates have. So that's the kind of insight you get out of the top grading interview and the reference checks done this way. And there, there, there rarely is any flipping of a coin. But when the ordinary methods of interviewing are used, these competency interviews, tell me about yourself, give me an example of when you're an effective team player, everyone sounds the same, everyone gives good answers, the resumes didn't tell you much that was very useful, and you end, people end up flipping a coin, and then the really sad fact is a year later, only one out of four people hired, small or large companies, has really turned out to be the high performer you're paying for. And that's just a horrible record, but the, you know, the good news is just by applying this more conscientious, more thorough approach, uh, small business people are doubling and tripling their hiring success. And it's all basically common sense. There are no mystical tests or things here. <laughs> it really is common sense. Is there any part of the, the top grading process we haven't talked about, any, any of the basics? Well, yeah, there is. And, uh, you know, there are really 12 components. And maybe this is a time to say, uh, for those who are interested, they can have a free book. It's a 50-page ebook that spells out all the different steps here in a fair amount of detail. And they are all common sense, by the way. And to get that, just go to my website, which is www.smarttopgrading.com, smarttopgrading.com. 
right there on the homepage, just give me your email address. And two things you'll get from this. One is you'll be signed up for the quarterly, excuse me, the monthly newsletter, Top Grading Tips. That I think you'll like. Uh, the most recent Top Grading Tips had some University of Chicago research on top grading. It's really exciting. But, but immediately then, if you want to download this 50-page book, you can do it. It's, it's small pages, by the way, so it's pretty fast reading. It gives a little of the history, okay, some case studies, and then in Chapter 4, it spells out some common myths about hiring and what the top grading solutions are. So your listeners are welcome to get that just by going to www.smarttalkrating.com. Okay, and I will make sure I put a link to that in the show notes for this episode. Brad Smart, I really do appreciate you coming on. A whole lot of great information today, and I do invite people to go check out your ebook. Nice talking to you, Steve. Once again, that website Brad mentioned was smarttopgrading.com. Be sure to check it out. If you have any comment on this episode or any other, or have a question you'd like answered on Startup BizCast, by all means, contact me. The best way is to leave a voicemail I can use in a future episode. That voicemail number is 206-350-7905. That's 206-350-7905. And if for whatever reason you can't leave me a voicemail, you can also email info at startupbizcast.com or you can leave a comment on the Startup BizCast blog. That's a wrap for episode 81 of Startup BizCast. Thanks so much for listening. I'm Steve Mullen.